What's up, world? It's Cameron Ra. This is the Upgrade America podcast with CJ the Day Slayer. All right. So what What's are we up? talking about today? Um, you wanted to talk about, you wanted to bring up the topic of reparations, and I wanted to bring up the topic of environmental uh, suppression of innovation in America. Okay, so that's... Why don't we dive into that one first, and why don't you uh, tell me exactly what that is? <laughs> now, are you talking about, are you referring to, like, the whole hoax, people saying that the whole global warming is a hoax and all of that, or are we talking about something entirely different? Nah, something entirely different. I was way off. Nah, um, it's along the same vein, but not really. So, um, I was thinking about it, and I was like, okay, if we have the technology to make our environment cleaner, why haven't we used it? What, what's ooh, the ooh, I got my hand up, I got my hand up. So you're talking about, like, we have the capacity to make a bunch of electronic cars, and I do believe they have, like, a car that could run on water. And exactly. All these other... I totally get what you're saying. This is going to be an awesome conversation. Let's do it. So that's what I was referring to more so than anything. Um, so I looked up something on Sci-Fi Wire. I guess this is the Sci-Fi Channel's webpage. And something caught my attention. It was like, basically, Tesla is one of the most uh, famous inventors, right? Mm-hmm. Nikola Tesla, yes. Yeah, so this show I guess a new series called Deadly Intelligence it talks about the mysterious circumstances behind deaths of scientific geniuses along with Tesla okay. actually I guess they gotta cover the guy who invented that car that could want uh, the car that could run on water yeah Did you hear about that and I heard this yeah. was like yeah I saw that on century, like early 20th century he did this yeah so I'm thinking about it and like it's just very interesting. Like, it's another guy called Frank Olson, hmm. the American biological warfare scientist and Central Intelligence Agency employee. I oh, guess he yeah, yeah. created, uh, let's see, during a meeting, da 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 da. He covertly, he has been covertly dosed with LSD by his CIA supervisor and plunged to his death. Wow. Like, 13 stories. This is in 1953. But they're saying his his death was a suicide. But he had knowledge of something do. going on in the CIA because he knew too much, basically. Took the words right out of my mouth. That's some, uh, that's pretty crazy. Or pretty wild, I should say. Even, um... What do you, what do you think it was that he knew? Uh, I guess I would have to actually Google it and see what he was okay, okay. Um, let me see I'm going to read just a quick summary of the Frank Olson guy who worked okay. for the CIA so basically let's see he worked with US Army Biological Warfare's laboratory so da, da, da. he also worked with ironically enough one of the pharmaceutical giants I guess one of the ancestors of starting it George W. Merck which is Merck Pharmaceuticals. So yeah, I was going to say it sounds pretty familiar. Mm-hmm. 
and then they were establishing a top secret bioweapons program, World War II, 1943, applying modern technology to warfare. So basically he was aerosoling anthrax. That was part of his experiments. Yeah, yeah. I recalled hearing that. Um, didn't they brief us on that like before we got inoculated with the anthrax i think so and i didn't even do the full set of i think eight. Dude, i didn't do the full set of eight either because it's yeah. like they recalled it by the time it was a uh, we were to number seven they said people were getting heart and joint problems I'm yeah like, oh, i'm glad so i look stopped at us. america's guinea pigs <laughs> yo you know military is known for that um the allegations that the U.S. used biological warfare during the Korean War, but the government denied this. After 10 years, Olsen was a senior bacteriologist at the program. Basically, he became a civilian army contractor and then worked with the CIA. Mm -hmm. But then, I guess some of his colleagues, they were saying, this is a quick weedy wikipedia search so don't be flaming me about scholarly stuff because you can look at the bottom and they have footnotes and references anyway so they're talking about mk ultra which Ooh, is also one of my favorite programs yeah i studied a bit on, i studied a bit on mk ultra now that was the cia mind control program like yeah. pretty much uh i do believe lsd was involved in there but yes, that's the also some sort of hypnotism and uh subliminal messages and, and, and all that good stuff as well yeah like you ran right into what i was about to read so it's kind of funny you said that but basically it was talking about espionage and the military uses of psychotropic mm. drugs which is lsd was the main one and basically they went to a company retreat they all tried lsd i guess as experiment or whatever with a bottle of control i guess is a liqueur I know they drank. I've seen it before. I don't think I've ever drunk it. But mixed that with the LSD, and he was like, nah, I'm not trying to do that no more. I'm, I'm good. And then after that, he ended up, uh, they ended up getting him into a, whatchamacallit, he was trying to get out of doing this stuff. So then they said he suffered a paranoia and a nervous breakdown. CIA sent him to New York City to one of their physicians, keyword, um, put him in a mental institution and then let's see um next thing you know he threw himself out a 10th floor hotel window at <laughs> tell statler in manhattan i think it is yeah that's so, wild man have you seen the movie uh jacob's ladder yo i remember that from was that the 80s that's, right it is but that's about the mk ultra program yeah, they, they were some... never even they were never even in vietnam they were during a training exercise where they uh -huh. doped them up with LSD and they killed them. For the most part, they killed themselves, each other. And then uh -huh. um, the one guy, he died, but he was replaying uh -huh. his trip. Or at least that's how it was explained to me, or maybe there's some commentary on it. But yeah, I, I do believe that that movie was in reference to the, the MK Ultra program. But uh, yeah, that's typical. Yeah. yeah, he went crazy and threw himself out of a out of a window loose ends all cut and snip um, but that's wild. but that's really not ecological i'm sorry how now how does he um tie into environmental uh, 
depressed. Well, he did mention was, he was working with some biologicals, like yeah. stuff. Like, what type of chem weapons besides the anthrax was he experimenting with? Well, it's mainly the drug use. Yeah, somebody took that dude out, man, because they said blunt. They did an autopsy or something, a second autopsy. They said he had a head injury. Obviously, I mean, he jumped out a window, allegedly, but they said he had blunt force trauma to the head and an injury to the chest that didn't occur in the fall. Um, it wasn't really, like, I kind of went on, I kind of got sidetracked, but um, it was just showing an example of kind of when you go against the grain, it's just yeah. kind of all tied into the same band. Actually, Nikola Tesla would be a better example of what I'm talking about. And that guy you talked about had cars running off of water. I don't know what okay. that guy's name is. We got to Google that one because <laughs> I I ran across that one on YouTube. I, I do believe I, I stumbled upon that myself. Um, off off subject though. Go ahead. Did you uh did you guys used to slug each other in the arm after your anthrax injections? Did I used to what? Like. Okay, so at least on my platoon, like, uh-huh. we'd get our shots. I do believe we got ours in Iraq. And it was like, it leaves this big lump on your arm. Uh-huh. So, so, like, if you were slipping and your guard was down, your buddy would slug you in the, in the anthrax. And that was like, that was uh-huh. a thing, I guess. Like, everyone did that. And it hurt like hell. But it kept your, you know, it kept your guard up. Nah, I just I want to know if you, if you guys did that, too. Because I've seen people do that in Korea as well. So I'm like, trying to remember where I got my shot at. I don't. I don't. It might have been Korea. It was a Korea journey. I do. I know. Um, we. I definitely recall getting one in Korea, in '04, and I definitely got more in the desert in 2007. And then like, they stopped giving it or something. I forget what happened. I remember them telling me seven. I was like, hell no, I'm not doing seven. I did like two because I don't like needles anyway. So I was like, I don't know how I survived the military. All the injections and shit we got. I didn't even, I didn't look. Every time I, I, I close my eyes, they're like, typhoid, hepatitis C. I'm like, I don't want to yeah. look. Give me my lollipop. <laughs> Another article I had, unless you had something to add, was just talking about overall. It was on CNET. There's an article from May 21st, 2018. If renewable energy can power entire countries, why isn't everyone doing it? Mm. And that was my question for you earlier. Yeah. You're saying you think it's the startup cost? Um, let's see. All right. So it, I'm going to just pick little spots because I don't want to drone on. But it was saying 100% of Iceland's electricity comes from renewables. Um, I'm like, damn. Granted, they're a smaller country, so you got to think of the scale of some right. of these studies. Like, well, these can't places we have the entire like, state? Can't we have an entire state in America do it? Just one? Um, yeah, I believe so. Um, it also said, uh, da, 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 let me see, it's a hundred percent. So we're saying not by thirty percent, twenty twenty five, like the U.S. or Australia's twenty three point five percent by 2020 it's 100% renewable right now talking about Iceland mm. uh, um, are there any stats on Germany because they, they were really supposed to be leading the charge on that 
ironically i mean i'm going down the list they're talking about the heating and air conditioning homes and offices are fueled by geothermal energy the electric sockets that power fridges computers tvs and more powered by hydroelectricity and it says iceland is alone i'm gonna read off the other countries that are doing it costa rica albania ethiopia paraguay zambia Mm -hmm. and norway said the electricity produced by all these countries is either 100% green or a few percent short. So that's a very surprising list. Not Norway, but the other countries are. I was expecting Germany to be somewhere up in there. Um, uh, My data could have been incorrect. I mean, you know, it's an article, but um, let's see. Da-da-da-da. It says, but a renewable future seems out of reach in countries like the U.S. and the U.K. And this, I guess this writer is from Australia, or he's an expat in the U.S., but he's originally from Australia. He said, Australia is rich in renewable resources and it has the money to invest, yet only about 15% of electricity is sourced from renewables. Okay, it says one of the many, this is what we're talking about, reasons Australia energy is costlier, is less reliable and more damaging to the environment um, than ever. One of the contributing factors is a troubling combination. Closure of coal stations, huge amounts of gas exportation have caused a deficiency in traditional power. But the case of the US and the UK, the government has committed to renewable energy sources like solar, wind, and hydropower. They have committed? No, they haven't. Interesting. So I found my German article, right? Okay, cool. So Germany has crossed the symbolic milestone. Really smartwatch? Oh, cool. One of my coworkers has just finished her workout. Germany has crossed... (laughs) Send me a (laughs) notification. Germany has crossed a symbolic milestone in its energy transition by briefly covering around, they they emphasize on around 100% of electricity used with renewables for the first time ever on January 1st. So this is uh, cleanenergywire.org. So yeah, that's actually quite impressive. I mean, even if it's 98%. Oh hell yeah! That's they get it exclusively from, uh, or nearly exclusively from renewable energy is pretty remarkable, and uh, that's something I would really like to see in in America. Like, have you in your travels? Have you been to China? Nah, I will kind of be over there when I go on my vacation, but nah, I haven't yet. My friend Phoebe, she lit. She commutes and runs their businesses between China and I think New York like Hong Kong, New York and uh, Ho Chi Minh ask City ask her the next time you, you discuss with her about China ask her how the the skies are in Beijing and uh, for me that was the most noticeable place where I, I seen in uh, absorbed pollution granted this was in like 2008 maybe 2009 uh, but it was like the sky was yellow but um, I only say that to say this is I'm curious to see how our nation would be, you know, just running off of green energy, how crisp and clean the air would be. And I think that's something we take for granted. I have one more thought to share with you. Okay. Before I bounce it back to you. Remember back in the day when we were little 80s babies, 
and water was free. We just used to like drink water from the tap and everything. Mm-hmm. And when bottled water first came out, I thought, me personally, I thought it was preposterous that someone would ever ever pay for water. I'm like, yo, water is free. But now yeah. it's like, you know, a bit of education. You want you want to get water from sor- certain sources. Do you ever think a, a day will come where people pay for clean air? Ooh, clean air. <sighs> you know what? Anything's possible. <laughs> Seeing as you just gave that perfect example, analogy. Um, I don't know, but I can see it at some point. Don't they have like those oxygen bars and something? So we're kind of already doing it anyway. So they got that um, performance booster. I love it. It's for like mountain climbing, but also like if you're running marathons or something, it's compressed air. But I I got a question for you. What percent of oxygen like do you think we're breathing? I don't know because it's a mixture of we probably have a mixture of a lot of stuff. I'll I'll let you know. It's about 30 percent oxygen is what we're breathing. There's smog, there's nitrogen, there's, there's so many gases that are floating around in our atmosphere and we're, we're breathing. Now, this compressed air is supposed to be 100% the oxygen. So I used to, when I would go on really long runs, like half marathons or something like that, uh-huh. I would keep that in my camelback and then I would just hit it. And it's just like, I'm, the sensation is really difficult to describe, but. um. Interesting. That's something I've never really thought of. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. You asked, what was the question you asked? You asked, will we ever get to that hey, point? Hey, you asked? Oh, you're talking about as far as... Um, Just in general. The green, the, you're talking about the renewables? Yeah. I would say, yeah. I mean, we. here's the thing. Yeah, we live in a fossil fuel economy, but that's finite. Like, they wager maybe another century. And I know it's not in our lifetime. It's not our problem. But it will be somebody's. And yeah, it's like, right. all that energy is finite. So it's it's in our best interest. Okay, they say you can measure a country's power... A, a country's power or how well they're doing by their, by their power consumption. Take mm-hmm. North Korea, for instance. It's black yeah. on the map when you see the lights. But then mm-hmm. you look at Times Square and it's just blinging from outer space. Um, we use a lot of power and we're only going to use more power. So it makes more sense to, to get it from sources that uh, are abundant. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I was reading something real quick in the same article. So basically we're having an issue one of the barriers to entry to making all this like cheaper is batteries those are expensive Mm. and another thing i was bringing up since we're on an environmental kick like why are we not just recycling like really recycling all our old electronics and remanufacturing and all this to where we don't have to necessarily go into other countries and mine that stuff and you know we already have all the yeah, elements yeah. in all these. You're referring to like the lithium or the gold, because people just strip the electronics from the gold and then they ju- for the gold and then they junk it. Yeah, I'm talking about just for lithium, all that. Because think about when we throw away like double A batteries. Mm-hmm. We can still use that. I'm pretty sure, right? Even though I'm not dead. too sure about it. 
but I know you're not supposed to throw away batteries. <laughs> There's like a, a special place you're supposed to like dispose of them. So, but I, I'm not too sure on the process and what, what occurs afterwards. But, yeah, I'm just really curious too. Like, I, um, I, I know as, as, a, as a nation as a whole, we waste a lot. Yeah. From we don't we only recycle like thirty percent of just plastic and stuff, maybe less. Okay, I found that guy. Remember he was asking who made that car that ran off of water? Yeah. This guy is I think his name is Stanley Allen Meyer. Stanley Steamer? I guess. I don't think so. No, I mean the, the car is called the Stanley Steamer. Oh, wasn't it? <laughs> Ironically, that's wild. I think that's what they named it. Hold on, let me check. The Stanley Steamer. That's one of them. Yeah, so the Stanley Steamer mm-hmm. was from 1900 to 1906. Gotcha. I guess this guy was more modern. He's like, he died in 98, but he was born in 1940. But I don't think, I do believe there's another guy who, um, water. Oh, you know what? It's something else that you, you may blow your mind. What? So Jay Leno has a car collection, right? He's mm-hmm. pretty out of cars. They had electric cars as early, like in the 19th, in the 1900s i didn't believe it this one looks like a like a little carriage i gotta send you this article man it's it will blow your mind to the to the technology what that was available in the time hold on electric car 1900s so the electric car hold on hold on the electric car burst onto the scenes in the late 1800s and early 1900s in 1899 and 1900 electric vehicles outsold all other types of cars in fact 28 percent of the 400 i'm sorry of the 4192 cars produced in the u.s in 1900 were electric according to the american census that's crazy. Damn. And so, we're behind the power curve, man. Like, they were doing this in the 1800s, technically. And now we're just coming back to it. Like, hey, yeah, maybe that was a good idea. Yeah, let's let's uh, put batteries in. Let's use batteries instead of gas. Mind-blowing, uh, isn't it? So that begs the question, what we were talking about what in the first place. Why have they suppressed this technology? If that's the case, we shouldn't even have gasoline engines. If we had it that I, long. I, I, I believe, I totally agree with you. Now, you were talking about this, uh, the issue with the batteries. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious, like, maybe I should do some additional research on how batteries work, but I'm, I'm, why can't we make them powerful? more powerful i don't know because if they have these things running around they had these things running around what over a hundred years ago Mm -hmm. like why can't we get it now (laughs) like much efficient now a century is a mighty long time and i like to think that's a long way for uh for improvement but who could say (laughs) i don't know it's just mind by like just hearing you say that is like Hold up. We've had this technology since like basically 1900 
and we're electric- I really want to know I really want to because technically if it came out in 1899 that's the 19th century and we, we, we need to emphasize that it, in the 19th century they had electric cars so I guess put Stand on my by, thing for oh okay go ahead Alright, I guess putting on my tinfoil hat <laughs> and that music starts playing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you can't script that. Damn. That creeped me out a little bit. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> Nah, around that time, who, uh, God, what was it? Rockefeller, Standard Oil, Exxon. Yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. I think they and were. I believe it was DuPont as well. Yeah. So, and even Thomas Edison, because, you know, Con Ed is named after Thomas well, Edison. Con Edison, my understanding is the, the batteries that were powering these electric cars were from Con Edison. Interesting. And that's why I'm, I'm curious why he wasn't so aggressive in that game and making the mainstream. But perhaps he was content because they took his alternating current model and they started putting that into homes and, and what have you. Because it's like, when did the electricity get rolled out? Like, main. It should have been know? around the same time. Um... Electric in homes. History. I'm gonna look up. Uh, yeah, it's saying about um, in 1882, Edison helped form the Edison Electric Illuminating Company in New York, which bought electric lights. Blah 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 to Manhattan. So it's saying in 1925, only like half the homes in in New. I'm sorry, only half the homes in the United States had electricity. So mm-hmm. he still had to wait. I'm sure he was getting uh, he was getting good money in uh, in the late 1800s off the whole electric gig. So maybe he really wasn't too concerned about automobiles. So I'm trying to see when when Exxon was formed. I think it's like it's called Standard Oil. So let me look that up. Actually. So that was in 1882 and 1892 when that was formed up. Standard Oil, which is today Exxon. 1870. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Still, man, it's still mind blowing though, with the um, <laughs> the electric cars in the in the in the 19th century. Mind blowing. What are your thoughts on solar panels? Cause, and uh, also on um, the clean green agenda. I think is it feasible. Yeah, it is, but it's corporate interest. I think that's the barrier. I mean, it's going to be expensive startup wise, <clears throat> but I think so it's going to be expensive. Why? Startup wise, when you first start it, that's the mm-hmm. most expensive part. But once it's instituted, once it becomes the norm then it becomes more affordable, it's cheaper. Then long-term wise, it'll pay for itself. Oh, so, I totally agree, because the sun's not 
I hear it's going to be around for, you know, a couple billion years. So overall, what would you want to do? What would be your upgrade for America environmentally or renewables? Looking at it from another aspect, people's the problem with um, solar panels is mm-hmm. it takes one square meter to get a to generate enough energy to I believe to light a light bulb. Mm-hmm. So really consider that it takes a lot, lot of space to, to get. And I would like to explore with vertical farms rather than like, hey, let's stretch miles and miles of, of solar panels. You know, because that takes, you'd have to literally cover everything. But what if you could do it vertically, do mm-hmm. it upwards, and then it's not a lot of space. It's more height than, um, than width. So I've had this idea. I think I've spoken to you about it. I was talking to somebody about it, but I don't know if it's you or my other homeboy, Ryan. Okay. Why don't we use these environmental centers like Skyward? That's an example, right? Mm-hmm. But um, say in Orlando, I'll use Orlando as an example since I live here. We have a lot of abandoned buildings for lease or for rent or whatever downtown. We could mm-hmm. use that for urban farming and environmental centers as well. They're actually doing that in Newark, New mm-hmm. Jersey. Like there's these warehouses and they're doing some uh, indoor vertical farms. And that kind of gave me the idea, like to do it on a larger scale with Skyward. But yeah, I would totally support that. And um, there's actually tax breaks you can get for agricultural stuff, like if you have your own farm. And I would like to encourage people, you know, to go out and start growing things. So I guess my question is how this affects the oil industry uh not necessarily gas even though gas is a part of that but the oil industry and the electric industry how would this affect if we say went to these renewables i mean what's really the point of having them if we don't really need them anymore uh no i wouldn't say quite we we don't really need them remember i asked you before do you think it's feasible Mm-hmm. To uh, to do it 100%, and you you must consider our is it input? How much energy we require as a nation far mm-hmm. surpasses Germany and all these other um, all these other countries that are leading the charge, and it's like I think it would be great to go as. Yo, this lady is like yelling outside my door. Yeah, I know I heard something. I would like to like tactfully tell her to shut the fuck up, but you know, <laughs> I, she, she seems to be in a heated discussion. And I think it's only going to escalate. So, um, <laughs> please try to uh, ignore the the background feedback. Gotcha. But um, go ahead. Finish. Okay, your question was how is it. How would it affect the, you know, all the other, uh, excuse me, all the other energy industries? Gotcha. I yeah. don't believe we can fully rely on it. I, I think we'll, we'll just have to um, get as much as we can from renewables and pick up the slack with mm-hmm. uh, with fossil fuels, or at least until we can really fully roll it out. I'm I'm looking now. Let's see. I'm going to give, let's see. Okay. 
the U.S. This is in 2018, so you're talking damn near two years now because 2020 is coming. But the average U.S. household uses 911 kilowatt hours a month. Yes, that's about right. Um, but basically, in this article, just to kind of sum it up, it was saying basically the reason why we're not investing in renewables in the U.S. especially is politics. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, there's that. And that's why I'm really a big fan of AOC. Like, I would love her to be my running mate, but she's not of age. But perhaps in 2024, we could make it happen if I can convince her to come to the dark side and run independent. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hate to switch gears to the politics, but uh, no, that's fine. That that's Green New Deal, the Green New Deal got shot down. And, and some of the, the Democrats who claimed to support it didn't even back it up and that's what I'm like that's the Democrats they play ball too with the corporations and in the industry so it's like they're they're gonna shoot it down the only way something like that would pass is with an independent um, with independent candidates and perhaps we gotta fill the Congress and the Senate with independent candidates to make some real changes but um <laughs> I don't know what are your thoughts man um well I'm going to do two things. So one thing, you know, all the people I was telling you about the environmental suppression, innovation or whatever I called it. There's like a bunch of people <laughs> I'm looking at right now. Oh, man. So we, we might have, we might have to do a part two. Man.